You're listening to Halloween, The Definitive Companion with your host, my good friend, Daniel Krupa, and me, Gav Murphy. Today, we're investigating the Silver Shamrock Company and wondering what ever happened to Michael Myers. Okay, Daniel, what is the premise of Halloween 3, Season of the Witch? After the bizarre death of one of his patients, Dr. Daniel Charles, along with the daughter of his deceased patient, investigates the Silver Shamrock Novelty Company. I, I can't remember watching this originally. I've watched it now. I thought it was brilliant. It's a bit different, isn't it? I, it's, on Robert, it's on Roger Ebert's most hated list. Yeah, but I think history has proven that, that he's a div. <laughs> I wasn't going to put it quite like that, but like... Um, Got it wrong on some films. I, I thought this was brilliant. Yeah. And I love the idea because I know uh, like the more that I read up and the more we've been doing this podcast, then the idea was that it would be an anthology thing. So every single film would be something different. Perfect title for an anthology series of films that you're going to release on Halloween. On Halloween, year. yeah. Yeah, I think they approached John Carpenter and Deborah Hill again. Yeah. And they really didn't want to make two. And so they were loath to do this. going to happen anyway. Yeah. It would be a payday. And then this idea emerged of doing it as an anthology, which is, it sounds brilliant. I think they just really bungled. One, I think they bungled how they presented it. I don't think they got yeah. the message across that it was not going to be Michael Myers. Yeah. And secondly, this being the third film, if they'd done this for second one. Yeah, that's the problem. The fact that you've done one it? more yeah. of Michael Myers, I think they underestimated how much people liked Michael Myers at the time. Well, because you've now spent two films building this guy up and then you go... Even though, to be fair, in Halloween 2, there's a decent ending to it. You're like, kill you're like, he is dead. Yeah. Um, and that story is ended with, and that's absolutely fine. It is, you know, I know what you mean. It's like, it is harder to go from <laughs> two films and go, oh, by the way, the third one's not going to happen. Where if you just go, Halloween, that's Michael Myers. And the next Halloween be- Season of the Witch is something completely different. And as you go, and I guess as well, the first Halloween isn't called Halloween Michael Myers or anything like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, Stabby man. Like if it was called Halloween, The Babysitter Murders. Which yeah. is what well, you could we, yeah. retroactively subtitle it that absolutely and sometimes that. happens with franchises. Yeah, yeah. I think because at the time and for a long time afterwards, the first Halloween was one of the most profitable films ever made. Mm. I think a lot of the people involved, a lot of the producers, Mustafa Rakad, who wasn't that involved in the first film, just saw it as a as a license to print money. Mm. And I think their plan was to almost have their cake and eat it because they talked about doing the anthology. Yeah, but if any of them became popular, do sequels to them. It's like, lads, come on, just... It's like unpoliced, isn't it? Do the film first. Yeah. Put all your effort in that. Every film that gets made, no one's making it because they want to make it. People, unless it's like a little indie film, it's like, you are making films to make money. That is why we're well, here. Well, I think the business people are, but then they hire good creative people. Who, and that's absolutely fine, And also yeah. there's great creative people that have a commercial sensibility. Yeah. And you can do both. Because I think in even this, their idea was to get cool directors. Because yeah. I think Joe Dante... Yeah, was, was approached first. Yeah, and he went off to do the Twilight Zone movie, another anthology. But like, I I, I understand, but I, it's I think that's the thing where you just go. I know we're here to make money, lads, but also at the same time when they're like, right, then we'll do a sequel to this, and what if we do another sequel to this? And then you say, like, let's just see how we go with it. We need to make that? a good film for that to happen. Yeah, and this is a good film. I think I it's think really it's just, good. It, I think it had to fight a lot of expectations. They were against it. Yeah. I don't uh, apparently they didn't do a very good job of like telling people this is gonna be different. So right. imagine you go in expecting Michael Myers, and when he does turn up, it's as a fictional film. Yeah. But when you know that's what the deal is, 
that's really lovely and it's quite funny. But like, yeah, it was funny because I sat down to watch the last half hour of this with Clara, with my partner. She was like, oh, I love the Halloween films. She didn't know what season of which was or anything like that. And then she's up on Halloween lore. And then she was like, after like 25 minutes, we had about 10 minutes left, if that. She was like, where's the stabby man? <laughs> oh, there he is. So I had to like, I had to pause it and be like, oh yeah, by the way. <laughs> there he is, he's on telly. For us, you just go, oh, that is fantastic. So what I would say, it has screwed up our elements, but um, with how it connects, there are some connections. Absolutely, yeah. I put down like Silver Shamrock for one. Whoever these people are making these films at the time, whoever the production company, they obviously are obsessed with someone's given them but on Celtic urban legends and like folklore and things like that because they've gone big on it. And I like do the like the series that. is called Halloween. Yeah. So if you were a new screenwriter who brought on and you want to approach it from a different angle, mm. what are you going to tap into? Apparently Nigel Neal, who was the original screenwriter, the pitch that was given to him by Deborah Hill was, Can you do witchcraft in the computer age? Right. And that's what they wanted to do. Yeah, so bring yeah. up that, that witchcraft background. Mm. I think it works as well. And also we get uh, the guy saying Sown the right way, which yeah. is really good. The actual Irishman. Yeah. That's actually how we were, that's what we've been talking about in the last couple of podcasts. It's like how you actually say it. They say it properly. The film begins with a jack-o'-lantern. Yeah. It's just a digital one. I in thought, the computer age. I thought that was awesome until the text comes on. Mm. And you go, what have you done there? Why is that so shit? Because it's a really crap font. And it really, it looks shit. It looks like it's just... No thought has been gone into it at all. Whereas a lot of thought has been going into the way that like the jack o' lantern comes in. Yeah, that's really good, doesn't it? I thought it was great. Yeah. But then you, there you go. You've got a little bit of a visual similarity for the first two films mm. that open obviously with the famous jack o' lanterns. Yeah, and also I know this is 1982, is so the same year as the thing. All the sound effects, all the music sounds exactly like it. And that was like the big thing that one of our big gripes with Halloween too is when they go back to those musical motifs, it feels like they've just layered on too much stuff. And they've just gone, right, we've got more time to do more dense versions of those songs. Whereas this, I, I actually thought it was like nice and sparse. Kind of like more what I liked about Halloween, but also what I exactly like about the Thing score. They do have the cake and eat it in one scene where it's obviously new themes. But when Cochran ties up Daniel and he's imprisoned, the Halloween musical scene yeah. comes in and you're like, oh, is this a weird throwback? And mm. then there's the reveal that it's actually the Sting from the film being shown on television. Yeah, yeah. So within this world, we've jumped one layer of reality up and the first two films exist as fictional entities within yeah. this reality. Which is, uh, uh, that's fantastic. And happy Halloween. Other connections, and I don't know if this was going to be a thing if they continued down the anthology route, is yeah. you've got Nancy Loomis mm. playing Daniel's ex-wife. Yeah. Which is confusing because obviously she's playing as quite a prim, proper mum. Yeah. Very different to her role in the first Halloween movie. Also, I mean, what is there, four years between these? And she seems to have aged about 30 years. That's what a cardi will do. Um, <laughs> great. Like, it's like a little cardi like resting on your shoulders. I talc in her hair. But yeah, no, I really like that. And I, I kind of... Like that idea. I know we talked about it a little bit, but that 
uh, Stephen King series, Castle Rock, did like a really interesting way of that. Whereas like they would have characters who played other very famous Stephen King characters appear in that series as different people. It's a similar thing that American Horror Story has done for years yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, Is you're just recasting those core players. Yeah. It's kind of like an old-fashioned acting troupe. We're going to bring them back. And yeah, sometimes we'll it do it against yeah, time. Yeah. Sometimes the person who was the bad guy in the last series will play the good guy. Yeah. And you remix the roles. So that could have kept doing that. Because there are thought, a lot of like yeah. Carpenter regular players in here. Like the Tom Atkins yeah. who plays Daniel. Like he's in the fog. Yeah. In these early three, there's a lot of the same people. You've got Tommy Lee Wallace, who's the editor on the first film and the production yeah. designer, Deborah Hill. But also we've got Dean Cundy's back. Dean Cundy's back. The whole first three ones. That's wild, that is, isn't it? Didn't do much afterwards. <laughs> but if someone came to you and said, right, you can direct a film in the Halloween series, would you rather direct a Michael Myers one? Would you rather direct a one-off thing that it does its own thing? You want to do Michael Myers now because like... Yeah. That's what the series is. At the time, genuinely, it's because this wasn't the second one. Yeah, this should have been the second one, and they did the right thing with this because I think there was a bit of a mess working on the second one. Mm. You know, no one wanted to make it. The wrong director got hired. Carpenter had to like redo lots of bits in it. Yeah, if this had been the second one, they they seem to go about this in a better way. Yeah, John Carpenter approached Nigel Neal, famous British sci-fi horror writer. Yeah. You know, they did the good thing. Like, yeah, let's get yeah. a brand this new be a idea. Really good idea yeah. Let's get someone with some credibility and history. I think that that relationship broke down because he wasn't up for like having his script touched in any way whatsoever. Yeah. And there's some really horrible stories about them saying he's quite a bitter man at that point in his career. Right, okay, he's yeah. quite rude. They went about it in the right way. Mm. And I think this is a really fun 80s movie. And this is also is a very different genre. This is a like a body snatcher film. Yeah. And they bring through more of like the Celtic Wicker Man elements. Yeah, yeah. Like Cochrane is essentially Lord Summerisle. Yeah. The, all the henchmen in, in Santa Mira. Fantastic. It is body snatchers. Yeah. I love It's the, Midwich yeah. Cuckoos. It's that kind of thing. It was going to be in my scariest moments, but I do think there's some decent scariest moments in this. But I love the idea of bringing that family who were like the best sellers of those mag- like of those masks, bringing that family to the for the factory tour. It's almost like Willy Wonka-esque. Yeah, it really, really is. And then that's such a horrible, sinister, terrifying way of being like, you've sold the most masks. Come and have a look how they're made. Well, if you think it, your child will get murdered. Think about the stakes of this film. The first film, what is it? Across those first two films, Michael kills what? Off the top of my head, 11, 12 people. Yeah, yeah. A couple of dogs. Yeah. In this film, he tries to kill all the children in America. In America, yeah. It's like a different level. Yeah, and uh, I mean, depending on how you read the film, he succeeded. Well, yeah, the ending's pretty brave. Willy Wonka's a good, it's basically horror Willy Wonka. I think you could have gone further with that as well. I think there could have been more of that because I feel like he bypasses the tour quite quickly and he's like, yeah, that's what they made. Anyway, in this room. I actually want to know more about it. He lets the other two come on the tour a little bit too quickly. I know he's obviously doesn't want to do it. He does let them on quite quickly. And you're like, all right, I guess these guys got to die now as well, even though there's no kids with them. Let's say he knows who they are at that point. Mm, that's true actually so there are connections to the other film yeah also even though this film has annoyingly scuppered a lot of our elements yeah we do have three masks they're not yeah. a michael myers mask but we do have three very good masks so i wanted to ask you which of the three would you get oh pumpkin pumpkin too maybe. i love yeah. it yeah i think skull will be my second do you know so i went on a really deep hole and i was going to send you if i thought no, it'd be funny to do on the podcast i went on a really big hole of like looking up how many of these masks still exist can you still get or the original yeah the original are they perished well so lots of them have perished but there's a big underground scene where people have restored them 
And also there's a big underground scene where they were remade as well, but they were remade so long ago that even those ones have perished now, but those remade ones are easier to make look nice. But the underground scene is like, I think I remember telling you this before. It's like, I have a friend who's really big in the Boglin scene. Oh yeah, you have, yeah. So if you don't know what Boglins are, look that up. But basically, I think they were worldwide. I don't think it was just a UK thing, yeah. right? And they're basically these little sort of rubber puppets, uh, but the rubber is really minging and Spongy. quite horrible mm. and does perish. But saying rubber perishes is one of my favorite things to say. Yeah, perish is good, isn't it? Not, oh, enough, perished. not enough things perish these Linings days. Linings yeah. and soft fruit. Yeah, because we've definitely talked about like Myers' mask itself, like perishing. And we'll get onto that, like the more modern uh, yeah, films how they as got well. But he's really big in the Boglin scene. And there's a, a particular type of paint that came out that if you use it on, and it's, if you use it on a Boglin on this type of rubber, you cannot tell the difference between if the Boglin is brand new and is in incredible condition, or if it's mm. been restored, and there's a huge so it if, preserves it almost. It preserves the point it. of application. Yeah. And you can go down this huge hole and there's like arguments that kick off, exposes written and done by and like people trying to expose him, going, he's a fraud, and all this different thing going on in the Boglin community because of this one particular type of paint that got invented. That if you restore Boglin, it's like it's coming out of the shop day one. And that's wow. good, isn't it? Should we make a documentary about Boglins? Think about all the things like that that there are. I mean, there will be an, that's an amazing documentary that we can make, actually. Like, we follow, we try and find the original Halloween mask and see where it is. See what fucking oh my state God. it's in now. It exists. It's somewhere. Oh, mate, I yeah. I mean, people must know the whereabouts of that. Maybe they don't, though. Let's go find it. Um, right. We'll do, we'll do this one episode and then we'll get on that. Okay, right. Okay, so you're saying pumpkin as well, yeah? I yeah, think the pumpkin goes, is the yeah. best one. I think it's cool. It's time. It's time. Time for the big uh, This is just the same old stuff. It's come. All you lucky kids with silver shamrock masks, gather round your TV set, put on your masks, and watch. Honey, don't get too close. You'll ruin your eyes. Jack-o'-lanterns. Gather round and watch. Watch the magic pumpkin. Watch. This is an interesting question. Mm. Do you think all the masks would do the same to the kids? Well, that, I think that's the thing. In my head, this film was a different film. This film was the kids became whatever mask they put on. So it's kind of like that Buffy uh, episode right, where they yeah, get yeah. cursed and everyone becomes their Halloween. A bit like a Goosebumps episode. That's what I thought it was going to be, rather than it just murders them in a really disgusting way. And it, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess like pumpkin. No, maybe the mask do kill him a different way because you're like it pumpkin kind of makes rots. sense. It rots, so you we have, don't really see what yeah, the witch, one witch one, Yeah. Maybe it's good you can just infer what it could have done. Weird that you don't see that, though. Because that's, that's some decent... I mean, is it maybe how many children you're allowed to murder? Per 90 minutes. In a, in a thing, yeah. No, definitely not all the children in America. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different ending, though, isn't it? You just see, like, a big montage of all these different places. And... Get, we'll get onto it later, but, like, the motivations on him. You've got to admire the man. Yeah. The ambition on him. He's not just going after one babysitter. Immigrant entrepreneur. Who may or may not be his sister. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm going after every child He must in look the at world. what Michael's doing, going, it's so amateur. amateur. Hour. Yeah. <laughs> Dime store. Come on, mate. Do you think think that, bigger. Do you think this is going to appease Sauhain? Yeah, I don't wouldn't have thought so. Like, yeah, you got a couple of virgins. You okay. kill a <laughs> you think that's going to save the crops this year, Michael? It's four days to Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. It's four days to Halloween, Super Shabbat. It's four days to Halloween, Halloween, Halloween.
We can do Buddy's performance in his death. I thought like all the bugs coming out was really, really good. And then, but it's so funny how quickly that dad went from being sad that his son was dead to afraid of a little snake. Yeah. I don't think that dad was that bothered about the son. No. Probably quite a big disappointment to him. Uh, someone has definitely told that woman that, who plays his mother, watch Willy Wonka. Yeah. Because she is acting yeah. like the chewing gum girl in, yeah, yeah. Uh, in Willy Wonka. And I was like, this is such so a he's watching TV. It's a bit like Mike TV as well. Mm. The fact that he's so close to the television set. I guess so that's a big point of the film, isn't it? The TV being a warping influence in the house. Yeah, 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 that's true. That song, it didn't click with me for ages. You know how many times in the film? Yeah. 14 times. You serious? 14 times, yeah. Wow. Felt like way more. It is very catchy. Was London Bridge has fallen down, which it took me ages to click with that. Is it, I've not, I just clicked that. No, you said it. Too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and I was yeah. like, okay, the oh, other. but also, I know my, is it My Fair Lady? Is London Bridge has yeah, fallen yeah, down? My Fair, Fair Lady. Lady, which I know Silver Shamrock doesn't rhyme with any of it, but it just sounds so naff. Particularly when you then, when I recalled after about the 10th time period, I was like, oh, that's London Bridge has fallen down. Very good marketing, though, because what you've done there, you've inserted the name of your company mm. into the advert for the masks. You're going to generate brand loyalty. We both love Halloween and unfortunately live in the UK where it, people don't go as big as they should. And we didn't get to experience it in, exactly. in the way that I see depicted in these kinds of films. And I know local TV would be very different as well, but this wasn't local. This was national TV. Yeah, yeah. National We get the montage, campaign. don't we, of all the cities, yeah. of all the kids wearing the masks from... Dayton, Ohio, to California, to New York. Yeah, yeah. I did at one point think, oh, we're going to get Helenfield. I know there's not, but... Yeah. I know. Fictional. fictional. Yeah, it's fictional. It does, exactly. They made it up. But yes, I thought we were going to come back to those kids and see them die. Never mind. But I love the idea as well that those adverts are going out in eight days. Eight days. Every single day. is like, you'd be so excited as a little kid to get that. Well, that's a, a different thing about this film. The fact that we start a week out from yeah. Halloween... Pretty much we've had the day of, and the most we've ever got in the second one is the morning of the day after. Yeah, yeah. This is a full week out. I almost think that that's a really pointed thing that they're doing as yeah. well, to go, this is a different film, by the well, way. Structurally, it's different. Yeah. It is, even though he's a doctor, mm. him and Ellie, yeah, they're yeah. essentially detectives. Yeah. There's a whole mystery. Yeah. There's very, you're, you have as much information as the protagonists do. So you find stuff out along with them. It's not a film where you know more. You're seeing Michael independent of Jamie Lee Curtis yeah, and yeah. Laurie. We're with them on the discovery of all this stuff. I know it needs to be repeated because it's it's part of the story, some of that. But you, at some point, you've got to go 14 times, though. 14 times to hear that all the way through is a lot of times in 90 minutes. And they've never thought of that. Do you think that's the stupidest decision? <sighs> It's on my list. <laughs> it's definitely on my list because I think from a production point of view, it's easier to do that than it is to actually experience it. Because by the end, I was like, fuck sake, this song, man. And I know that is the point of it, but I don't think it, it wasn't in like a, oh, that's a clever mm. way. It was, by the end, I was like, fuck sake, I can't listen to this one more time now. <laughs> I was like, whatever you need to do with this song, kill every child, I don't care. So I just don't want to hear it anymore. Let's have it over with. Kill me, so I don't have to hear that song anymore. It's four days to Halloween. 
But also, you know, like it's killing every child. But mm. presumably, if they're all marching down to snakes and spiders and bugs, yeah, everyone else is getting killed around them or getting attacked. Yeah, I guess so. Because so it's that's like, what I've, yeah, it's kind of almost maybe everyone in America is he weaponizing them, weaponizing the children, <laughs> turning them into bugs. Yeah, yeah, that you. I didn't think about it until right now. Until you said because it it kills both of Buddy's parents. Yeah, and what are the other masks doing? How do we not see those other two masks fuck about with stuff? I want to know if they do different things. Yeah. They have different powers. Do you know what's really weird with the masks as well? So I meant to say in our mask element. So for some reason, I genuinely thought that Tom Atkins was the guy who plays Hal Drucker in the Jonathan Creek episode, Dance Macabre. And then the skull masks look exactly like the skull. I know it's a skull, but like Dance the skull mask in Dance Macabre as well. Yeah. Little connection. Sick breeds sick, Miss McGowan. And the sooner we face up to that, the sooner we can pull our society out of the sewer. The stupidest decision is Daniel's kids not taking the masks he gives them. Yeah. Because one, that touches for me, because like, I have a big thing. If I remember any time as a child, I wasn't grateful for a thing I got as a present. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I look back and go, don't ever be ungrateful. Because yeah. I, I can't imagine anything more heartbreaking for a parent to be really excited to give your kid a present and then right. being nonplussed or uninterested in it yeah. and they really do not give a shit about no. the masks he brings them because he's like hey we've already got silver shamrock ones yeah and they go get them he's like mum got us these mm. that's a really shitty feeling for him i feel less sorry in retrospect because he's actually a pretty terrible dad yeah he I just so. he just bunks off work and he's a bit of a player yeah that's how much that advertising campaign works like those kids only want mm. Those, but I think it's, it's definitely a trope in uh, American TV shows and films that we d definitely wouldn't have in this country. Where like, oh no, I don't want the one that's. I don't want to. I don't want to make our own costume. I want the one from the store. I want the Superman yeah. costume. I want this, and because I think they did advertise them as that, and they were obviously the thing to have. Well, it's, yeah, I guess it's yeah, kids being warped by commercialism. Going, yeah. I want that one. Yeah, that's the only one I want. What mask did he buy him? I can't remember what it looked like. I think they're just kind the of a, a bit old-fashioned. Okay, yeah. So they got the bright, colorful mask of the silver shamrock. Yeah. So that, yeah, I think, in retrospect, that's the stupid decision. Because mm. if they'd been appreciative little kids and taken their dad's masks, they, might not be they would have actually been safe in the final act. I like that a lot. That, that's, I, I think that's the best one. I, I mean, like, stupid decision. The daughter of Harry Grimbridge, like, she gets over her dad's things so much and i know like she just goes away with him ellie she's not, just not technically a stupid decision but i feel like the decision to have sex with him is pretty odd what'd she say she's like where do you want to sleep dr chalice that's a dumb question miss grimpage dumb question what a dumb question i love he's the, straight in i love the bit where he's on the phone like basically taking a week off work yeah and he's about to get in the car there's a four pack of miller light it's like <laughs> you're just taking a week off work because that's the thing at that point <laughs> Yeah, the death of Grimbridge is a bit weird. It's definitely weird. Uh, it's too much, man. He gets I wonder how much, much is he yeah. genuinely interested or is like, I can bunk off for a week mm. with this very attractive young woman. He goes to the funeral. How, doctors do not go to the funeral of their patients, right? He went to the funeral. Did he just think, oh, he might have a hot daughter? That's a stupid decision as well. Only asking yeah. her age after he slept with her. Oh, that's minging. That's that such scene, a weird yeah. scene. Mm. Boy, aren't, aren't you just the least bit tired? No. 
Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. How old are you? Relax. I'm older than I look. <laughs> How old are you? Oh, it's buzzing. Nice. What, Daniel? Yeah. I'm older than I look. Right, still haven't answered the question. Mm, it's, uh, yeah, she is odd all the way through it. And I think... You are, yeah, you obviously need the connection a little bit, but it is like really strange later on when he has to go, oh, see those guys over there? They look a lot like the guy I saw kill your dad. And she's like, mm, interesting, that's really good. Not what the fuck. Definitely written by a man. Yeah. There's like <laughs> this guy who's like 20 years older than that. It's a proper like fantasy. I just go on a road trip, solve some crimes. Yeah. Also, uh, fight some robots. <laughs> her reactions and stuff are very, very strange. It does say that she's come from ages away to be there, so it sounds like her and her dad may be estranged. Yeah, but also the decision to show that <laughs> this fucking—I think they say like his head got ripped apart. Well, he's probably caved in in the hospital yeah. room, isn't it? Why are you showing that to his daughter? She's like, let's get it over with. Like, I know she said it. You have the ability to say. No, it's not like this. You yeah. don't need that. He, take my word for it. Yeah, we'll, we'll look at his teeth or something like that. Like we'll we'll work it out He's from like, that. Do you have strong stomach? Yeah, because <laughs> it's like she just he just goes, no, you do not seem to see this, and then you go, all right, just show her. Yeah, well, um, I'm not gonna say anything, but what you like with caved in heads? Yeah, <laughs> no spoilers, but uh, but also you can't recognize what you done. You go, yeah, that sort of looks like his forehead. Uh, <laughs> we know that doctors and that can identify them from their teeth because it happened in Halloween 2 yeah so, has he got any fillings yeah, exactly 17. he's quite an old guy Harry was so yeah and then the guy who kills him blows himself up in the car I fucking love that if that, that's happening get more get proper police involved yeah <laughs> I, one of my favourite bits is like later on in the film when for some reason the woman who works at the hospital lab is investigating the exploded car in the car park, which I don't think would happen. Yeah. And she's just like, yeah, it's weird. Um, just find car parts. Isn't that odd? But not actually that she's concerned about it. it. No, it doesn't care. Bit weird, isn't it? Your fucking job. You're the one who give yourself this job. Do you not think this weird? There's no man. Do there? it properly. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit weird, um, Dan. Uh, bit of car parts. Anyway, what are you, what are you up to? <laughs> oh well he's floating with her as well yeah because she says oh you want some serious dinners this he's yeah. like yeah don't worry about it you, yeah, you'll get, get some dinners wait I just gotta see my boring kids for a bit that is a trope that I'd really dislike in most well in everything that's ever existed ever which is just making the ex-wife just like this absolute nag of a person yeah. and really it, it's annoying because then you find yourself going shut up and you go well actually all she wants is for that guy to be a part of the present father because <laughs> he's just off shagging yeah if you rewatch it, the scene where it's probably bad acting, yeah, or bad staging, and you don't have time to do it again. When he comes in, when his kids run over to them, it is the most awkward. Oh, you're like awkward milling about, yeah, yeah. And the way that he embraces them, I don't know whether it's a it choice. Like it's not another camera. Part, it should be, yeah. But it's like it's a very strange embrace. Mm. He feels uncomfortable hugging those children. And you could just read that as bad performance, or yeah. maybe he's just, I'm not a very present father. Very good dad, yeah. Maybe it was intentional. I think that's but It all... is an awkward moment. Yeah. And then afterwards, they're both flat. Yeah. And they're flat and facing the kids. It yeah. almost feels like there's no, there's, they were missing another camera or something like that. It, that is a good way of finding out if someone is a bell end or not. It's like <laughs> how they react to those types of women characters because the people who are like, oh, Skylar's a fucking prick in Breaking yeah. Bad. It's like, do you know what she has to go through? <laughs> like on the daily basis, like, oh, Betty Draper, what a twat. Like, do you know, this, do you know how 
awful her life has been because of Don Draper. Like <laughs> people, who, those are the those are the guys who watch those things as male fantasies. Mm. Oh, I'm gonna be a drug dealer ledge. I well, I watched fucking. <laughs> or a badman, I can just do whatever I want. I watched um, Wolf of Wall Street behind with people in front of me. They were they were having a very different reading of how I read Wolf of Wall Street, which was just Legend. like what a prick. Like the film also makes no bones about it. This is not how you live your life. Yes, it looks a little fun for a bit. It's very serious repercussions for it. These guys in the front, nah, they didn't give a fuck. Legend. Just like look at his yacht. It is massive. Uh, <laughs> he's like, no, the fun is going, look at that awful person and look at his downfall. This is going to be great. And they're looking at Dr. Dan and going, this week of his life. <laughs> what a life he's going got. Going on a road what trip. A life. Come with me, baby. I've got a four pack. But yeah, stupid decision. Absolutely. His stupid children. Stupid, they, boring children. Stupid, boring children. If they'd taken the stupid, boring mass, they would be alive. One for you, one for you. What's the matter? Don't you like them? Mom already got us masks. Silver shamrock, look. Scariest moment for you? It's kind of a connection to Halloween. A lot of the, the, the brainwashed robot 100%. guards just standing there, especially mm. through the factory tour. There's one guy in particular who's in a loading bay and he's yeah. just standing there oh, stirring them. Yeah. And in the same way that we discussed in the first episode that I find Michael Myers is staring at Laurie, really unsettling. That yeah. in the same way, that idea of omnipresent surveillance. Oh, it's fantastic. Like when they're walking through that almost like Body Snatchers style, I think Body Snatchers was actually filmed in that little town as well. Yeah. It was like when they're walking through, there's one that is just silhouetted and you can just see the bottom of his legs and he's just inside a doorway. It's really so good. scary, man. Yeah, I find that really effective. And I quite like that they all look different but similar. Yeah. They're dressed uniformly. I think that's really effective. I think it was in the original script. It was never filmed. Continuing this idea of the Celtic legend of ritual burnings, mm. and you would burn things in wicker baskets. Right. So this is the basis of the wicker man. Right. Okay, in the yeah. original script, people would be put into wicker pods, right. and these pods are what would turn you into like a brainwashed entity. Ah. So it's kind of that blending of old world legend of using wicker baskets, yeah. but it almost having kind of an organic brainwashing effect. I really like that. Yeah, so you go into like a wicker man pod, yeah, and you'd be like brainwashed or turned into a non-entity. I thought, yeah, I just thought they were brilliant. I thought they just moved in a really, really like creepy way. They also right at the beginning, it really reminded me of the thing again, like the way that it's sort of like shot up and things like that. Like, and I think <laughs> I was reading the thing going uh, in like one of the IMDb trivia says uh, none of the none of those automatons blink whenever they're mm. on screen but they make a huge thing about when one sneezes and he's like really proud of it he's like ah. it's like you haven't fucking gotten blinking mate like why? he's like yeah but they sneeze though so i love um how vague the film is with what they are oh amazing so good and i think that's maybe it's something to do with the time it was made mm. that people who wrote it and the people watching it weren't that technology savvy yeah so the base level of knowledge of how something with work is kind of magic. People don't know yeah. how computers work. Whereas now, they just don't even try to explain it. No. Because um, Cochrane is it's very easy. Yeah. Because I've got basically gears and I've also got magic dust from Stonehenge. Yeah. And that just makes them work. Yeah. Any questions? Yeah, loads. <laughs> well, I, there's like a bit at one point where 
Uh, he rips one head off and you're like, oh, okay, cool, it's a robot. And then there's another bit where it feels like one of the sort of wires is making a noise and it looks like organic. Which like, goo? It's like, what the fuck are these things there? <laughs> when, it, like, when he punches one open, Daniel, a yes. lot of yellow goo comes yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. But it's like there's one bit where there's like a wire hanging down going, ee, ee. It's like, is it alive then or what? Yeah, or when her arm comes off. It's, <laughs> yeah. there's, they definitely don't commit to what those things are. Connected to that. The Knitting Lady, I think the first reveal of that, that was horrible. Yeah. I thought that was genuinely well, scary. Moment. I think that's what's interesting because it's, it's almost an antique version of the modern thing he's made. Because mm. he talks about... He got it from Munich, yeah. Which also implies he's maybe hundreds of years old. Yeah. Because he says that's from maybe the 1700s or something like that's that. That's right, yeah, yeah. So maybe that's an early inspiration for his new devices. But I think what's really interesting is it's quite clear... The face is quite clearly a robot and you're like, oh, that looks a bit off. But... There's no way in 1982 no. they would have been able to do a robot. What's the easier way of doing yeah, it? Yeah, of doing a robot that can knit. So that's obviously someone's real hands knitting. And but, but you'd think, oh, that would just look. It actually gives it an even scarier thing because then you just go, that's even more unsettling it's because more the hands uncanny. are so real. Yeah, it's more uncanny oh. because that's quite obviously not human, but the motion is so fluid and perfect. Yeah. So I think oh, that's what's really it. jarring as an image. Yeah, it really is. And I thought that entire thing it was like so scary. That was. I think the other one I put down as a contender is Cochrane's speech. The festival of Samhain, the last great one took place 3,000 years ago and the hills ran red with the blood of animals and children. Sacrifices, part of our world, our craft. Witchcraft? To us, it was a way of controlling our environment. It's not so different now. It's time again. In the end, we don't decide these things, you know. The planets do. I think he delivers it really well. I think he's, he's a really I think he's a really good villain. Mm. Him talking about Sawin in that way and what he does in that bit of dialogue, because they don't really dwell on it. Through that bit of dialogue, he really implies there are bigger forces in this world. Yeah. And he is this kind of custodian, a bit like Lord Summerisle. Yeah. He is making, he's bringing something to pass. Yeah. He's working, bigger forces are working through him, which I think is suddenly the Halloween series is in a different league now. Yeah. Because you're talking about ancient evil. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is the way we kind of touched on it. Is that what Michael was? But it really obviously nails its um, colors to the mast here. Well, also as well, I feel like it's delivered way better than uh, than Pleasance delivers it, um, because it's, it's a lot more understated. But I wish when I was watching, I was like, would it have been better to have him as Loomis? I know you miss out on the absolute bonkersness. Are you of saying Loomis. Cochran's better at conveying information? I think he's really good marshalling information. Yeah, but facts. also like the way that he did it, I would if he told me, I'm not having that. Don Pleasance is not good as Loomis. I'm saying it's fine, but I'm, what I'm saying is, if Cochrane told me about a little kid who was pure evil, I him? feel like I would be more on board, more on side. Well, he's more measured, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. He, he, like, you might go <laughs> charming as well. He's really charming in a way that Donald Pleasant. He's got is authority. Not, yeah. As much as I'm a fan of Sam Loomis, the fact yeah. that he's got his gun out constantly shaking, yeah. undercuts a lot of his authority. Like, are you sure you're not the evil one? Running around. <laughs> It's like, can you just chill for two seconds? Nobody likes someone who makes a fuss. Yeah. And I think Cochrane definitely knows that. He's really understated, He's really good quiet. good to him, is not he? Absolutely, yeah. My other scariest moment, and it's not quite as scary as Knitting Lady, but I do think it's generally quite scary, and not much happens there. The curfew sequence. 
Really early, like, it's like six or seven. Mm, really early, six or seven, and the noise is horrible. The voice is disgusting, and then the montage is actually quite funny, like the cat being yeah. roaring and stuff. That's quite funny. But the whole idea, and you just go, "That is such a sinister thing. What the hell is going well, on here?" It's, I guess it's scary because everyone is just complying. Yeah, they just do it. There's not even a resistance. There's no. no oh, oh God, we're under duress here. Yeah, people just do it. It's total obedience in that town. But I think that, yeah, those, those are my scariest ones. But I think, like, we're... Like, I think this thing, lady, actually. Because mm. that is an extension of the people, the automaton people. Yeah. I'd be up for knitting lady. Let's go knitting lady. Because that did absolutely fuck me up when I saw it, so... the girl where is she where is she where is she okay daniel how many killings in halloween 3 got nine human Ooh. lots of androids mm. none of them michael also potentially all the children in america <laughs> there's quite a lot on that but what is the best kill though i like the death of little buddy yeah, it is good. I just want to see more of that. It's the first time you really understand maybe what's happening because early on people get killed and like bugs come out and you're like, what's yeah. weird? What's going on here? Where you obviously have the context of it being narrated. And I like the way it's staged almost like a reality show experiment. Yeah. It is an experiment. It's a demonstration. It's doing cool. a test before the big night. And the way it keeps on going. Yeah. Like his body, a couple of insects don't come out. It slowly mulches down into loads of stuff. Loads of stuff. Yeah. Like bigger and bigger snakes, yeah. more and more bugs. It it goes on way longer than you think it's gonna go. I love Cochrane doing that scene as well. He's like, this is class. Class. Watch this now. This is working way better. We've been working on this for years. This is gonna be such a good night. Mine are quite early on, man. Harry Grimbridge. And you don't you don't see that much of it. You just see like the automaton standing over him, putting his thumbs towards his eyes. Shakespearean. Yeah. Which I bet there's a cut somewhere that has more. You know, because on, on uh, the guy who played Harry Grimbridge's IMDb, I swear the shot of him, which is him being murdered, is not in the film that I watched. So it I should reckon be, it should be the pumpkin cut, the skull cut, yeah. the witch cut. There you go. Yeah, and I, I swear there's a, a more. A lot of the deaths in this one are quite inventive mm. and graphic, and they're beyond just slasher deaths. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff. What was yeah. your other pick? Well, yeah, and the other thing I was going to say about that one is like when they talk about it, because I was like, oh, he just pushed his eyes in. No, he's ripped his skull apart, mm. I think he says. You're like, all right, I'll do it. My other one, and it would have been it if it lingered on a little bit more, but the sil silver shamrock automaton set himself on fire in the car. Oh, yeah. But I was like, I wanted to see him be set on fire, but I guess like then you would see that there's fire. There's a brief there. shot where you, you can see a dummy. Yeah. And he's just like shot. But it blows up so yeah. quickly. But if that lingered on him a little bit more and having him burning up. Almost felt a bit like a Michael one. Myers death. Yeah. It's horrible, man. The, the other one is good. There's lots of good ones, actually. Mm. I like the one of the saleswoman staying in the hotel room next to them. And she actually is bonkers. 
when she accidentally drops the silver <laughs> shamrock tag. Yeah. And a laser beam comes out yeah. and blows her face off. Yeah. And it cuts back to her. And it's really graphic. Her face has been blown apart. Yeah. And a big old cricket comes stumbling oh, out yeah. of her mouth. So it's quite a shocking death because suddenly you're introduced to some weird magic. Yeah, that's true. It's weird because when you first see it, that laser beam plays as a <laughs> laser beam from a sci-fi movie. But I guess what it kind of is, it is a sort of a magic. Yeah. A sorcery, a dark sorcery. Yeah, Stonehenge has got a lot to answer for. Yeah. The thing I like about her death as well is they're obviously keeping her around longer because like they've done they've got a plan for buddy and his family but they're keeping it sounds like they're keeping her she's another top saleswoman yeah she's so complaining about her order she says it's not yeah. been fulfilled and i can't do this over the phone yeah so they're keeping her around a little bit more because buddy complains about that as well where they go oh they won't let me order anything for next year and i think a similar thing with her they're keeping her in the thing a little bit longer so i don't know what the plan was for her not because she's obviously gone off piste and you know ended up laser cricket in herself. I want to know how that tag works because computers and that. Well, that's the weird thing. It's got a microchip in it. Yeah. But then when Cochrane is showing them around and doing that thing that villains do, which is explaining their technology, he just kind of rubs a bit of dust off a rock onto it. And he's like, well, that works now. Mm. So why does he need the microchip? And I guess that goes back yeah, to that Deborah Hill mandate of, can you do witchcraft in the computer age? Yeah. So if you don't know much about computers, that's there you computers. go, that's the net. That's the computers. What happened? Computers. And computers, stuff. but computers have been rubbed on Stonehenge. Yeah. <laughs> it has a power, I think. A force. Even a particle. Devastating. What are we get? What are we gonna say is the best kill? It's gotta be Grimbridge getting his I'm, fucking I'm gonna skull go for Grimbridge. Basically treating his head like a pumpkin. That's wild. Where did he? What was his thing? I think he sold a lot of silver shamrock gear. So he's like so I think buddy he just, and that. Yeah. Yeah. He. I guess he stumbled onto it first. Yeah. And they're trying to silence him. And they do that very effectively by tearing his head off. Yeah. Or maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe because he runs a mask shop, he can tell that something's not right with him. He's like, no, nah, I'm not going to sell your mask. I'm going to sell something else. I know masks. <laughs> you think no mask better than you? The latex is heated and poured. After that, it's cooled and poured off. Then it's all just a matter of trimming, painting, and packaging. Well, yeah, for survivors then, Anyone? obviously it ends with... <laughs> Anyone? Daniel's, well, any children, for sure, at one point turns to look down the lens of the camera and yeah. go in, which I think, obviously, I mean... He well, he ends up at the gas station that's at the beginning. Yeah. It's fortunate. And I tell you what, I'm impressed that he gets it off two channels. Yeah. From from, from one phone call. a random yeah. phone call, he's managed to get the advert pulled from two network channels. I also love as well, if it, that it's one person involved with... All the, putting it all on and they just go well I'll take it off two I'm not taking off three that's mad yeah. like I'll give you two but the third one's got still so <laughs> what if it maybe hopefully that was a really unpopular channel it was like channel five maybe not everyone had it I love when he when he rings up his ex-wife 
He's like, Linda, shut up. Linda, shut up. It's where have, so you, been, where have you been for last week? <laughs> they really made me laugh how much he was telling his ex-wife to shut up. I was like, mate, she does not want to hear that from you. <laughs> Let me tell you. Stop ringing up your ex-wife and telling her to shut up. He's been drinking again. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but also, he had another weird phone call. Because like, you know, the woman at the um, who's investigating, right, she, she can't work out for the life of her why her body is all car. Um, the way that she says goodbye on the telephone is fucking hilarious. She's like, okay, bye. And she says it like really, really quickly. It's like, why are these people talking so weirdly on the phone? You also don't need to show that at all. But he's just talking to women constantly on the phone. He's good on the phone, no? He gets it off two channels, so. And he's got a dinner date set up for later. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the ending is, mm. implies that it doesn't get taken off. And at least whoever's watching that third channel erupts into a pile of snakes and spiders. Well, I guess if you're, I guess it was similar things. Like if we have to, I don't know what it was like in America. It's obviously like cable changes everything. But does everyone have the main one, channels. Two, one, two, public channels? I yeah. don't know about early 80s where that was a thing. Yeah, because then... I think you do. I think, yeah, there was like a couple, there's like four main channels saying, well, we've got it off one, we've got it off two. If then it's on three, you were, if like number one was fucked and number two was fucked, you go, yeah, I was watching, I was watching channel number three then, wasn't I? You could tell like when it's on the kid that comes to the petrol station. Yeah. He can't turn it off. Yeah. He, he has to watch it. Mm. It's already taken hold. He has to see the advert again. Oh, fucking hell. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Our PC just scared the shit out of us. A little sting. <laughs> yeah, the little the the he's obviously tra- trying to by it. what it is, isn't it? Um So presumably he's gonna so even though we think Daniel is a survivor, that kid's gonna liquefy into snakes and spiders any second, maybe. Could, yeah. It's really bleak ending. And really? I think the studio did want it ameliorating. Yeah. And John Carpenter said to Tommy Lee Wallace, I'll stand by whatever you decide. Right. Because Carpenter ultimately have final cut. Why would you? Why would you not want to leave it like that? It's so good. To People leave it don't like, like bleak endings. Like they, I think they make even in Halloween I, three in season of the Hollywood. Witch. I think <laughs> likes the Hollywood ending. It wants to send people home happy. Yeah. Or like at least secure again. Yeah. People don't like. People are inherently scared of ambiguity. I Stupid love that. people. <laughs> like that's so much more fun. Yeah. Like the thing is so much more fun at the end. We're just like, what is happening here? Yeah. And I guess like, if he's already had... With a mist. Yeah, with a mist as yeah, well. The same thing is, would you like more budget to make your effects better or do you want to stick by your ending? I'll stick by my ending. Stick by my ending, thank you. It's the better ending. I, I just think it's brilliant thinking that. The only thing that I think is, I want to see more of those children die. <laughs> like, do, you, do you want like a montage at the end? Well, that's... All that home camera footage. Yeah. Kids liquefying into spiders. Or different ways something else happening. Because see now what, I'm... Obs- see what the witch master does. I'm obsessed with seeing what the witch... And the, what, what the skull master does. Like, I want to know what what these different things are. Like, maybe the skull, like, it actually, like, turns to rock around their head. That's <laughs> fucking cool. All the, like, skin and muscle falls away from their bodies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. See, that's what I wanted. This is we knew you could have worked at Silver Shamrock in R and D. Well, yeah, we. I mean, we were gone. We, that we couldn't have worked on the film because they'd be like, "No, we really want a happy ending." Well, what it is, right? There's all the kids in the world, right? They either get their heads turned into big fuck off skull rocks, right? And then the witch ones, they get drowned in pus or burned or something. I don't know what witch is about. And then the pumpkin ones, well, you've seen that, but they get fucked up by millions of bugs, right? Hello? You're like, yeah. no, you're not doing that. You've seen Toy Story where it's like outtakes. It's like that. <laughs> Kids dying. 
That's the only thing I would be, I was disappointed with because I think you could have seen more of what the mass were doing. I wanted to see a lot Cochran's of build-up fulfilled. See a lot of build-up to it. That's that's why I think the Willy Wonka thing could have come into it more. Whereas it could have been, or you could have done all the Willy Wonka. So all these families all around the world, all around the US, have I'm been born. brought in because they are the top salesmen at these masks. Doesn't that, yeah, because they've been the top salesmen in these masks, and then they're going to show them on that. I guess like doesn't actually make that much sense because they're the top salesmen. But his bigger plan is the whole of America. He's yeah. not that character. Yeah. And it doesn't he's only doing them for like sense. a test run. Yeah. Although if you're going to do a test run, I would do it further out than what you do on the day. Yeah. You want to do, you want to be doing your test not much run time to a like couple a, of weeks before. Course correct. Yeah. Um, maybe he's like all the snakes and that's like, he's like, I'm not meant to be snakes here actually. <laughs> snakes meant to be in a witch one. Fuck. Uh, oh, <laughs> we ship them. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, it, it's Halloween. It's Halloween today. now. He's like, oh, sh oh, oh shit. It's good enough. They're dead, isn't they? What do you mean the school ones don't work? Snakes are meant to be bigger than that. Um, that's the only thing I'm disappointed about. I would like to see more of that. And I, but I do think generally all the children in the world, in the US are dead. Lovely. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> On the next episode, we're back in Haddonfield 10 years after the original in Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. The Definitive Companion is made by RKG. We make podcasts and videos about things we love, including manifestations of pure evil. If you'd like to find out more, visit patreon.com forward slash RKG.